Welcome back. This is episode three of Life's a Mitch. Um, still making this up as I'm going along, but ultimately enjoying the ride. I've had a fairly productive week and um, we'll talk about that shortly. But uh, this week we've got a special treat. I've been mentioning him for the first two weeks. He's going to make an appearance. And uh, I've got my international, my first international arrival. Um, so, Mr. Kind Friend, sir, would you mind telling us your name, where you're from, and your current relationship status, and how we know each other, please? Oh, hey, but um, hey, it's Hina here, Hina Farrow. Um, so, me and Mitchie go back a few years. Um, we work together. Um, I'm, I've, I've been married, so I am married, and I have been married for 10 years now. Um, my wife and I have been, you know, bumpy ride and gone heaps of ups and downs, but more ups and downs. I guess, and um, yeah, we got four four good kids, and yeah, that's where I'm at. Nice. So, <laughs> so okay, this is cool. So Hina's calling us live from his car, which isn't going anywhere. So he's doing nothing wrong, which I think is pretty cool. Just so a bit of time to himself in the car in the driveway. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, oh bro, I like I got I got my kids inside, and everybody's doing their Saturday morning thing. You know, watching watching tablets, watching TV, you know, yeah. playing PlayStation, and, and all that kind of whatnot. And yeah. then like. You know, with Mitchie doing his um his thing online, and I don't want to, I don't want him to have to edit too much. So if I get into, I get to say this is my sound booth. <laughs> <laughs> the Tarago sound. Okay, so you're a married man. You're in your early thirties. Uh, you've got how many how many kids do you and your wife have? Four kids, man. Four kids. Four kids. And how old are they? Uh, my oldest is nineteen, then eighteen, and then twelve. Which is my those are my boys, and then I got a little five year old girl. Yeah, right, and that's pretty cool. So that's awesome, man. So shout outs to the Pharaoh Clan. Um, we um, so you're from NZ, and you uh, come over here, however many moons ago, and you ended up working with me up in the valley, up in the mines. Um, yep. So okay, so we'll talk about that in a sec, and we'll talk about like your dating histories because you grew up as you you've always told me that you grew up in the streets of Auckland and. It sounded, it sounded pretty ghetto, man. Um, so I was wondering, for those who were unaware, like like me, I don't really, I've never been to Auckland, maybe one day. But what was it like um, sort of growing up in Auckland? Um, and then you then you met your wife there too, is that right? Yeah, yeah. So um, we it's not Auckland as per se, it's, it's more so South Auckland. I grew up in South Auckland and um, coming up through South Auckland, you know, it was a bit, yeah, she was a bit rough and um, everybody was kind of like, pushing for territory everyone was kind of um trying to prove that they you know that they're they're strong or that they're you know they they got they got more friends and all that kind of stuff so there's a lot of lot of kind of gang kind of uh like culture you know like everybody wants to be a gangster and, and at, at that time when you're young and you grow up and that's all you know like you're out there trying to be the biggest gangster there is too so you know it is what it is yeah but you know all of those lessons that i've learned you know, all of those lessons that I've learned, you know, I've learned a lot of things what not to do. And then on, on the flip side, I've learned how to interact with people a little bit better. You know, I learned to how the diverse people's beliefs and how their cultures, you know, collide that I'm able to not really get caught up. Uh, you know, now, since being in Australia for what, I think eight years now, you know, I've not had to have, I've had not had any dramas and it's just, it's come from the whole dra- the whole thing of growing up in the hood and yeah. um and and seeing that diversity. So I guess you know as much as South Auckland was rough and 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 it made it made me who I am. That's fair enough. So like it's interesting. I'm picturing like you know those like American style movies like you know from New York, Brooklyn, or Harlem. You see the African American gangster communities. Um, I don't. This is how they're portrayed on film. I have no idea if it's what it's like in real life. So 
this isn't mm-hmm. me, you know, saying oh, I know what it's like because I've got no idea. But is that how it sort of is portrayed? Like, you know, you see the whole gangsters, you see the whole violence and crime is up, you know, you see the sort oh, of... Oh, yeah, you, you see the colours, you see that, you know, everyone's got a different colour. So you've got your bloods, you've got your crips, you know, you've got your, your yellow bandanas, which is your killer bees, you've got... Like, there's a whole diversity of, you know, like, there might even, like, I don't know if you ever played um, Vice City back in the day and you had yeah. Grove, Grove Street, you know, with the green bandanas, like, I think it was um, BS or something like that, Bud Smokers or something like that back in back in the day. I can't really remember. It's been it's been a long time. Yeah, I think um, everybody was, used to, yeah, yeah. Everyone, you, every, you guys, everyone used to have, like, a different colour. So, and, you know, you'd get your plain T-shirts and you'd, you'd go to the print shop and you'd put your your street name on your shirt and you'd represent, you know, you'd represent your hood, you know, Red yeah, Hill, right. Red Hill boys. You know, That's I'm hectic. I'm from the Red Hill. I'm from Red Hill, Papakura. So, you know, all the Red Bo- Red Hill boys put RHBs on their, on, on their shirts and they walk around town with RHBs on their chest because they're the Red Hill boys. And yeah, then right. it was the same all over, like TVS and talented vandalism styles. And man, the list goes on. There were so many, you know, VNP, vandalism in progress and PAE, you know, fast pimping ain't easy or fast and easy. Like there's just that many, that many crews, that many, and everyone's kind of like just everyone wants to be seen. Like everyone wants to put out that what, what do you call it? That everybody wants to put out something so people know who they are. It's, it's all about, you know, obscurity, you know. <laughs> they call that the peacocking effect. So you're presenting yourself. So yeah, you know, yeah, making... yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah, like I think you're trying to make a name for yourself. Yeah, I think I'd belong to that band fast and easy because you know, that's pretty much how I treat myself, fast and easy. I identify as a microwave meal. I look good on the outside, but I'm really, <laughs> I'm really done in three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, like, a lot of these guys, you know, like, and, and they're, they're all, everyone's growing up now. So, like, a lot of this hood stuff's gone away and everybody's now working for their families and, and, and you know, doing doing the normal thing. But, that's you good, know, man. that's just the way it was. Like, because when we grew up, like, all our parents were at work trying to make it, make it good life for us yeah and we were at home left our own devices so you know when you got when you got a whole group of kids on the same street that are left to their own devices they've got nothing else to do they're going to spend most of their time with each other and then when somebody from another street comes over or another hood comes over you're going to stand up for your guys that's cool so like you know you're just going to bound together that's cool man so i can imagine like obviously there's camaraderie and you'll have friends for life so i've got two questions oh yeah i've got two questions about that one you told me stories where that some of the the current Warriors players you grew up with as well, and two. Yeah, we. Have, oh, yeah. actually, can so, you? So, what Warrior? So, did you grow up in the same part of the world as some of the current Warriors those, players? Yeah, well, um, one of the most predominant ones would be Sunny Fi. Like yeah. Sunny Fi lived one, two, three houses away, so there was two houses between Sunny Fi's house and my house. Yeah, cool. And that was Courtney Crez. So I don't know if this how far this is going to go, but anybody from Courtney Courtney Crez. You know, give us a yell, give give Mitchy a like and, and follow him. But uh, yeah, um Courtney Krez, Mangada East, and um that's that's the same that's the same area of um of the Mangada East Hawks. So Mangada East Hawks is where um the mad butcher, that's where he he started his mad butcher, his um his butcher shop. And then yep. you got the Stacey Jones, you got the Ruben Wickies, you got all of those guys came through that same hood. The real OGs, the real OGs. The, you know, like all of those guys come through that hood. All of those guys come through that club. That's cool. You know, so- even David Tua. David Tua, I don't know how much of you know about boxing and David Tua. David Tua is from that same hood too, Margaret. You I, know, don't you, know. The, I don't the, know. The, I don't know much about the boxing, I'm sorry, but I can always educate myself. Yeah, yeah, David Tua. He, 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 um, he was a heavyweight boxer. 
he ended up he ended up um, fighting Lennox Lewis for the heavyweight belt, and he was just he, man, he was just from South Auckland. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so like, I'll have like, to check that out. You have out. all these players that you have all these players that come through, you know. And I grew up in Mangere, and then I, I moved to Papakura, and Papakura is where um like my young my my little brother has played a lot of rugby league, so he played alongside Roger Sheck and and um Ben Henry and uh like Glenn Fusiahi and oh man Kevin Locke like all of these kind of guys my little yeah. brother was playing along those guys he's cool. playing so, on the same teams as some of these guys so yeah like cool. we I got to watch these guys grow up over the over the course of a you know couple of years you know that the and now that I'm coaching rugby league you know you see how much impact one player can make that's cool so like for those who might not be aware and follow the great game that is rugby league some of the names that Hina just mentioned are current first grade players for the Warriors team and like you know two of us are Sheck is in my opinion one of the greatest players ever to grace our game like he's he's a freak and you know it must be sad because you're a passionate Warriors fan through and through and um, yeah yeah definitely it must be sad to have heard the news that he's switching codes to rugby union but you know yeah well it's sad. It's sad in the terms of um, like Warriors, but like, like I said, like I got to watch Roger play, man. Since I think it was under 13s, I seen him play. You know, his first first time I noticed him. Yeah. You know, when Odahu Leopards went through and won the championships, and I can't remember what year it was, but they were under 13s. And um, and he was actually backing up. He was playing rugby as well as playing U- league. So he didn't yeah. always play league the whole time through. He was playing rugby a lot of the time. He was actually. I think he's going back to the Blues, the Auckland Blues. But before he started the Warriors, before before he went to Roosters, he was actually in the Blues system, the rugby um Auckland Blues system. So like for for me, looking at it from this perspective, that you know I've I've seen a bit of his journey and we've watched him over the years. So he's been a one of the faves, you know. Even Jazz Tavanga, like you watch heaps of these players come through, and you got to look at like. For, for the club, it's sad, yeah. But for him and his family, like, he's just moving on to his next chapter and you, you can't really hate him for that, you know? Yeah, he's just sure. doing what he needs to do. With all this COVID stuff and all of that kind of stuff happening and the up and down, I don't, we're going to play in New Zealand, we're going to play in Australia. You know, if he's playing for Auckland Blues, he's going to be in New Zealand year round. Yeah, that's you know? cool. He spent, I don't know, three, six months or so, a big chunk of time not missing out on his kids' growth, eh? And, like, man, you know me, I'm a very much a, a strong family man. So, you know, I couldn't, man, that, that's why I jumped on this call kind of late. I had to do a workout with my with my youngest boy this morning. I had to pack my daughter up so she could go to a birthday party. Yep. You know, it, it's, it's always got to be family first. That's for sure. No, I, I admire, um, you know, your, your devotion to your family. It's it's good to see, man. And, um. Yeah, you know, on the on, and on the on the perspective of you know, good on RTS for doing his thing. You know, you know, you hear stories of the sacrifices that some of the Warriors players did, like Fuss and that went home, which I get. You know, young families and whatever. So you know, huge yeah, props. Before Good you can shit. be a before you before you can truly be a superstar out there, you got to be a superstar in your own house. That's it. Like and inside, you're, you as know, well. you're inside, yeah, inside as well. your house. You know, yeah. inside, and you need to show your kids that this is these are the values that create a champion. You can be a champion out in the media. You can be a champion anywhere. But until you're a champion at home, that's when you're a true champion. I'm going to get that on a, on a bumper sticker. Be a champion. <laughs> I am. No, like, you know, you can, you can be the, you can like, and a lot of guys get it twisted. Like a lot of guys go to work and, and they're the, they're the coolest dudes at work. You know, like they spend a lot of time at work trying to be the best and try to be the coolest and try to be friends with everybody. And, yeah. You know, that's cool. But if you're going home and you're treating your wife like garbage or you're not giving your kids that time, man, at the end of the day, you're going to lose everything. 
Well, yeah, I mean, and I know not so much people at work, but I know people in my life who have uh, separated from their wives and their kids. And um, we live in a world where if, a, you know, if someone decides to leave the marriage, you know, not playing the bias, gender bias card by, by no means, but in my experience, this is only speaking from my experience only, that the people in my life that have been separated, generally the kids have gone to the wife. Um, you know, you see, you see these men who you know, don't get access to the children and, you know, it absolutely, you know, wreaks havoc on their psyche. Um, so, you know, no one wants that. And, you know, yeah, I'm, no, not, a- I'm not getting political or anything like that. I just, you know, I know most of the people that have been separated in my life, the, the wife has gotten custody of the kids. So, you know, there has to be, there are ways you can civilly do it if you do separate, of course, but for the, for the best part, be a champion at home. And if it doesn't work out, then you can still face that with a bit of grace, I think. So, well, even, even, even in terms of a split up, if you're still doing the right things, you know, like surely it's going to come back around. Yeah. That's one thing I wanted to talk to you about as well. So, um, so I mentioned in the previous episode, episode one, we're talking to my, my stepbro, Nate, um, that you are, you and your wife uh, are into motivational speaking and believe in mindfulness. And so, how does a how does a young guy from from the hood in South Auckland um, how does how does he go from representing his representing his colours? You just I'm getting a bit of shuffle noise here, bro. Oh, sorry, bro. You're right. So, how does a, how does a guy go from that to? Can you tell us about how you then met your wife and then? How does one go to, you know, fast forward eight years to this yep. day where you're practicing mindfulness and you're actually coaching others on how to like be their best selves. So give your business and page a plug if you want. And can you tell us that journey from there till now? Yeah. Well, so um, to sum it up, so I'll give, uh, someone, someone once said that the quality of your life comes down to the questions that you ask yourself. So at that, back in the day when, when we were, we were in, in the hood and we were, you know, living out of a garage and, and we we're doing it tough, you know, I was working two jobs, I was going to school still, you know, all of those kind of factors, you know, from that point, you know, there was a part of me that said to myself, like the question that I asked myself at that point was, is this it? You know, like I'm, I, I'm 18 years old. I'm making roughly around the same money as, as a lot of 30, 40 year olds at the time. You know, some of my friends, parents, I was, I was roughly on the same money as them. Yeah. And you kind of, if you're, if you're at that stage and I'm not trying to bag on anybody, like, you know, my, my, my mates and their, their parents, man, they paved the way for me. You yeah. know, they, they really, they really opened my eyes to a lot of things. And I got to ask, I got to sit down with some adults and have like some, some big conversations about life and, and about money and about investing. And, and, and those kind of questions that I asked myself and that I asked, it, it of like, catapulted me to to something different so um yeah that, that was that and then there was a part of me that was like i want more like i want more out of my life like yeah. i know what the hood was gonna offer and i know what the hood was gonna give my kids and yeah it would have made my kids hard and you know it would have made my kids savvy and and street smart and and all that stuff that's still good like there's nothing bad about it everybody everybody learns from from different aspects you either learn from a from a mistake or you learn from a mentor so knowing that I went and tried my first. I, I jumped ship. I jumped ship to Australia. One of my mentors, who was my coach at the time, oh, he was my basketball coach growing up. He um jumped ship and he jumped ship to Australia. He was living in um Gold Coast, Perth, and, oh, Gold Coast and Brisbane, that kind of area, Sunshine Coast. And um, I, I would ring him or he'd call me fairly often and he'd just give me you know bits of advice. And sometimes the advice he would give me was so comprehensive that. I needed a couple of weeks to comprehend what he just said. Like, can you give us an example? Like, of what? Um, oh, 
jeez. <laughs> man. Um, so this guy, once he um he, he asked me, I just got a new job, right? And he said to me, okay, you got a job now. I want you to hold this job for six months. So six months later, like he talked talk me about saving and building credit. So six months later, I go back, I'll catch up with him. And like, I, I would, his son was my, one of my good mates. So I'd pop around to see his son and then his dad, my coach would call me in. So Mike would call me in and say, Hey, come come and let's have a chat. Okay. From my calendar, you've been at work for six months. And I said, yeah, I have. And he goes, okay, now what I want you to do is I want you to go to the bank. I want you to max out a loan, give goers and put as much, as much as they can give you. I want you to take that. Then I want you to bring all that money that you just loaned and give it to me. And I'm going to lock it in the safe. You're going to have the key to the middle safe. And then I'll put that safe in another safe. So your money's safe. You know that you've got it. I ain't going to touch it. And he was, he was a pretty wealthy dude. He's pretty smart with his money. He made some good investments. Anyway, he said, I want you to pay that loan off. And it was over a term of 12 months or something. So in nine months, he, um, he called me back and gave me the cash and said, now go pay off your loan. So that was one of those lessons where it took like 12, nine months, nine months plus the six months. So it took what, 15 months to learn the lesson, but it was about learning to pay bills off because at that stage you know i was 16 or so like you didn't really have any bills you just got money and spent it on food and you spent it on alcohol and you spent it on whatever you spent it on petrol and and you didn't really have any lessons from it so he was teaching me about paying bills and 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 learning building my credit down the track like that credit really helped me in in like various aspects but that was one of those lessons and you know from from somebody who's in his i think he was in his 50s or so at the time, to teach somebody who's 16 years old about credit. Yeah, you must have had quite the bond with this guy then. Oh, man, I'm, I'm like, he messaged me last week. He's moving back to New Zealand. He's selling his, his unit, his houses in um, Brisbane and, and the Queensland area, and he's moving back. And, you know, unfortunately, his son, his son passed away back in the day when, when he was 18, and I'm that sorry. was my bro. I'm sorry to hear that, that, man. that You know, the bro Slim and you know, he, oh, he passed away to a cancer and you know it was, it was tough for all of us but you know like we oh, we always touch base with Mike and Mike always mm. you know every so often every birthday like Slim's birthday is actually Kobe's birthday my, my youngest boy so they share the same birthday so every birthday I always make sure that I send um, Mikey Mike and Karen a, a message and just you know show them love because they, they were like a second mum and dad for me it's always you know? with, that, yeah that, for sure that was one of those lessons and you know and, and there, there wasn't just Mike like there was Heaps of heaps of my boys' parents, you know, they they took me under their wing and they taught me heaps of little lessons. And and same same like that that repelled me to kind of jump ship. Talk to me about comfort zones and stepping out of your comfort zones and and growth and all of that kind of stuff. And then next minute, man, I was booking. I booked I booked the flight to Australia and I come over by myself. I ended up in Perth um, at another friend's house. Who um, his mum and dad took me under their wing as well. His dad pretty much hooked me up with a job driving a forklift. And then I, I was I was about to start, man. And I got the phone call that my 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 you know my Rowan was pregnant. So I just man, I had to chuck the job in and I had to fly home. And yeah. then a couple of years later, we we gave it another go and we ended up in Orange. And then um, you know. I'll, touch base with my dad who was 15 i hadn't seen him for 15 years or so but he was he was pretty good and i feel like that meeting my dad and going through those motions with him um it really healed like the inner boy of me yeah 
Like there was a part of me that like that needed a dad figure. Like I had a lot of dad figures, but a part of me that needed that bit of healing and just get to know my dad. Yeah. So that 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 aspect, that little five years or so that I spent in Orange, that was that healing process that allowed me to like to to heal that little boy in me that didn't have a dad, so I could now be a better dad. That makes sense. So I'll just I'll I'll, I'll interrupt you there. That's a man. Thanks for coming on. I know it must be. It's, it's always it's always like hard to hash this shit out eh, and relive it. Um, no, no, no. It's it's all good. Like I'm, I'm like, well, we're like the whole thing that we're going on about is relationships and for sure. Like, so, I, like, so, yeah, we, I feel that we um we we sort of half oh, skipped just a second there. So you mentioned, <laughs> um, you know, you and Rowan uh, come over. Yep. But how did you how did you actually meet? Um, it was in Auckland, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. So um, we were working. So Rowan used to work at a BP station, and she yep. was working in the cafe side, the wild beam side. And then um, she she was working there for a big chunk of time. And anyway, she left. And then I started there after she had left. She had been away for I don't know about a year or so. And then after a year, she come back, and I was still there. And we kind of just um, like I had served her as a customer, and she probably had served me as a customer. But we were working together, and we we you know we we just kind of bounced. Ideas. We started talking about while we're on. Well, and just sort of hit it off. Next minute, we're exchanging phone numbers. Yeah, next minute we're texting. You know, constantly. Like man, like so many texts. And then, then next minute we're calling each other, talking to each other on the phone till late, late hours of the night, and then early hours of the morning. Like for as soon as I wake up, that's the first text I sent. You know, and yeah. and then it just evolved, and you know, and then we ended up us next minute a little while down the track. You know, we're pregnant, and you know, I had Rowan had. Like my older boys were still, my older boys were Rowan's boys, and you know, me and them got on like a house on fire, and man, everything just clicked into place. That's cool, man. So, so at the at the time at the time when I actually met Rowan, like I had come out of a, like another relationship, and I was all pretty messed up, you know, and yeah, you know, I wasn't really looking to start anything new. I was just like in full surrender, like I was just going with the flow, like not stressing about nothing, just just you know, just being and yeah. by me just not not trying to control the situation you know i guess the universe or god or, or higher source or whatever whoever whatever you believe in i guess you know nature and everything just takes its course you like, like i don't know at, like at, at the moment in the valley like this this summer's been so wet but last summer was like burning like shit, shit was on fire <laughs> and like there's all this talk about um global warming and all of this stuff and now look at this look at this summer like it's complete flip oh, so it's, the world's going to like, world's yeah yeah but like but that's just nature doing its thing man like if we didn't complain it would still be the same <laughs> yeah so okay one what a incredibly engaging story you know it's it's i've never actually met Ryan, maybe one day but um so you know you've got this this unique, you know, international story. Um, so, you know, you've had the hardships in, in the hood, as you refer it. And then, you know, you, you, you met some of your peers along the way and then ended up in Perth in Orange. And then, yeah. and so, and then, so while you're in Orange, you progressively bought your family. So you come over first, then Rowan and the kids come over, then you soon ended up in the Hunter Valley. Is that how it worked? Yeah, that's how it works. So I, I start, I come over and then um, I was I was pretty much trying to sort a job in Orange and I managed to get one. And then the, Rowan and the kids come over and then we we're staying with my dad and next minute we we got a rental and we we're staying there. And then um, how it worked was I, I was driving trucks and stuff, road trucks and all that kind of stuff. Yep. So I was doing a bit of forklift work, like machinery operating. And then um, one of the girls that, we knew she ended up leaving orange to come to the hunter to to work in the mines and like naturally when you're from like new zealand and you're moving to australia like the big job that you hear about is mining like i remember when i when i was in orange and i wasn't in mining 
when I used to go back to New Zealand and people used to say, oh, so what do you do for work? I used to just say mining. Yeah, okay. Like, just because that, that was it. It was like a conversation ender. Like, oh, you drive forklift. Oh, you drive truck. Like, that's normal. Like, everybody here, you know, everyone knows a truck driver. Everyone knows. But if you say mining, like, that's it. It's conversation end. Like, okay. let's keep talking about something else. Well, there are, <laughs> so, there are a few so when, I, when I left, so you, sorry, yeah, you when I left Orange, so when I left Orange, like, the girl that we knew, she got to start in the mines. And I, I started asking myself those questions again. Like, you know, how is, how is she in the mines? Was she working in the office? But I'm actually operating machinery and, and, I, and, and doing shift work. You know, I think the mines would be something good for me. So, you know, as you do, you know, all the fellas, you know, you talk to your wife first before you make any, any kind of decisions. So I said to Rowan, like, you know, what do you, what do you reckon? You reckon I should go and give it a crack in the mines? Yeah. And, I, and Rowan was like, oh, I don't know. What do you feel? Like, we had that conversation. We back and forth a little bit. And then we just, we cut the, we cut the, we cut this, we cut the rope, man. We said, yeah, well, let's go give it a go. So um, I jumped on Facebook. I jumped on a, a couple of the online things and I started applying for some jobs. And then it was a little bit back and forth. Like, it was a long process, but I kept ringing the office, you know, who, who was hiring. And I was oh, yeah, look, it's Hina here. I'm, I'm really keen. And, man, I rang them like twice a week, eh? Like, every week. <laughs> Yeah, in the beginning of the week and at the end of the week, and like I was just I was so keen, and then I was still working up there in Orange, and um, they called me and I said, hey, look, can you come up for an interview? And I was like, okay, when's the interview? Oh yeah, tomorrow. I was like, okay, what time tomorrow? Oh nine o'clock. And Orange, like for those who don't know, like Orange to the Hunter Valley is like a four-hour drive on a good day, five-hour drive on an absolute good day, day, four hours. Yeah, you know, and and you got a lot of like wildlife in between, and it's, it's it's a mission, like. So, yeah, of course, I'm on the phone and they say, yeah, can you come up tomorrow for an interview? And then, like, I'm just like, yeah, like, yep. Like, and that's that same thing, like that surrender. Like, you can say what you want in life, but if you're trying to control every single step, then you're not going to get there. It's like, I'm going to go a little bit off, but it's like if you're driving in a car and you're on a, like a, a 5K road, but in that 5K road, there's 10 sets of traffic lights. It's like waiting for all of those lights to go green before you start moving. Like, yeah. it's never going to happen. Like, you, when you get to that one, if it goes green, then you progress to the next one. And you, if it's a red light or whatever, if there's a crash, you just deal with it and wait for the green light, wait for it to clear, wait for it to safe, and then you go. So, like, I was just going through the motions. So, yeah, so they said, like, come up for an interview. And then I was like, okay, cool, I'll be there. And it was like nine o'clock. So I had to leave, I had to leave bloody orange at like oh, three or four in the morning, you know? Yeah. And I packed my daughter in the car. You know, who was like one or two at the time. I packed um my wife come with me and the we, made, we made it the whole family oh, just trip. My wife, my daughter and, and myself. And we, we spent the road the time on the road. And I remember I remember it like yesterday. I remember sitting there in that interview and um and the guy was like talking about the guy who was interviewing me was talking about commitment, you know, and, and, and dedication to work and, and, and committing to the roster and all of that kind of stuff. And like he said, What's your take on that? And I said, dude, like this is my take, you know, I'm trying to get this job. And I really want it, you know, in order for me to get to this interview. And this was only like the first level interview or something along the lines, maybe the second interview, but like the interview process. And I was just like, look, I woke up at three o'clock this morning. I packed my daughter in the car, my wife in the car. You know, I've driven from Orange. I've had to take the day off work at last minute. Like I got the phone call yesterday for this job, for this yeah. interview. And here yeah. I am. And, and I said to him, yeah, and I said to him, and um, I was here before you and you were late. <laughs> you were like, I'm that. here. 
you know, like, and and that's that. You know, sometimes you just gotta you gotta bite the bullet. Yeah. So they would have. And then they would have. Oh, loved they, they liked. They would have yeah, liked it. They liked it. You know, I, I ended up getting the job. So long story short, yeah, I ended up getting it. But that, it was a lot like that throughout yeah. the whole time. Even like doing medicals, like I would um wake up in the morning from Orange, drive to Spears Point, which was like maybe even another hour from from Singleton. And um, man, that's like yeah, that was like a six-hour drive. And I, at that time, when I went for my medical, I took my 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 oldest boy who was on his owls at the time. And I remember like giving him heaps to drive. Like I drove most of the, majority of the way there, and then on the way back, I I didn't have to rush. So I I just put him in the seat, got the logbook, and said, "Okay, let's drive," you know. That's and I just navigated him. So made I was it able to, yeah, yeah, make make it productive. So I was able to give him some quality time and some one-on-one driving time in in a diverse kind of like like there's a lot of like tricky road out there and and unfamiliar territory you know he had never been out that way fair enough so it was just that's cool so So it it worked out well that's cool so can i just um touch on something quickly so one what my response to that is that's an awesome story and the people that so we work with the same company but i'm not going to mention who once again because you know we're for media's sake it's not we're not um well you know we don't have permission to speak on behalf of them so i'm not going to mention the pit or the company or whoever. But what I do know is this, is that, you know, when I went through my process, um, you know, they spoke about, you know, it's, it's not a, it's not just committing to a job. It's a, it's a lifestyle choice. So for those who are unaware, the amount of rigmarole our bodies go through. So we go between out. So all the, all the shifts we do are 12 hour shifts and between days and nights. So, you know, each week we'll at least do two night shifts, seven or seven. And each week we'll do one or two day shifts as well. And it, and we, work every second weekend now the amount of things so i've been there a little bit longer than you but you know you've obviously been there th- what three and a half coming up in four years i think roughly i've been having it thereabouts are you about yeah you yeah up? i've just yeah. flicked over to start my fourth year yep. yeah so, okay so i'm in my fifth now so um i guess one of the things I'll, i just want to put out there is that if you know of a of a minor or a shift worker or a nurse or a someone who might work at the docks or whatever it might be, you know, that person, everyone's got the, you know, the, the stigma like, oh, he's, he's in the mines. He must earn a shitload of money. Yeah. The wage is good, but it comes at a price. So the next time that you come across a shift worker, just empathize for him a little bit it's for the amount of that person's had to miss out on. Well, I've missed weddings, birthdays, you know, I've got a chronic gut condition and my health at times absolutely plays up and it sucks. Um, so, you know, I guess the message I'm trying to put out there is that, yeah, we, you know, like Hina is slogged internationally and put himself in a position where he gets to come and play with the dirt, like with the rest of us, you know, and the sacrifices he's made to be there. But, you know, since when, and correct me if I'm wrong, you know, but when you actually get to that point, that's sort of when the real battle has begins because like, you know, people are away from their families, you know, people miss out on heaps of stuff and we're potentially taking years off our lives by doing this. So, you know, I, I tip my hat to all the shift workers out there, not just because I am one, because now I know truly what's involved and how much you need to sacrifice to do it. So, you know, um, I, and that just makes me um, respect your story. Even I was, you know, like you see the movies where the little kids got both their hands on their face, just taking in every single word that you, I was just staring at my computer screen going, tell me more, you know? So like, you know, <laughs> so no, man, that's, yeah, like, that's an incredible story. Uh, hey. Yeah. Well, I like to add to that. Like shift works. Yeah. We, we do our bit, but every, every single worker, everybody, everybody does their part. Yeah. You know, like I remember, I remember having a conversation with my kids back in the day. I remember walking through a mall and they, they looked at the cleaner and they kind of like looked at their, looked at her and looked away. And I said, okay, now we're going to have a lesson right now. Like, let's have a chat. Okay. 
I want what's the worst job? What's the worst job ever? I'll just I'll do I'll do the chat on you, bro. So in, in your opinion, what's the one job that you would hate doing that you would never ever do ever? That you that a paid job that you would never like to do ever. See, this is kind of subjective, but for like because I believe in what you believe in, but say for the sake of the game or the sake of the lesson, yeah, yeah. okay, I would say I'd hate to fix sewers for a living, working shit. Yeah, okay. So now if we would take all that, take that job away, there's nobody ever does that. Now, what what does what does life look like for all of us? Well, you know, there's no clean sewers. Yeah. Which makes everything stink. So everybody does their part. Like yeah. all the shift workers, even footy players, like they got to put their bodies. Like we're all doing the best that we can with what we know and what we have right now. I wish I could Fair. just honestly think I could wish I could just open the head of yours and stroll around in your brain for a bit. <laughs> That'd be great. But uh, no, I, I, know, I, like, I understand like, where you're coming from. Like the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker. Just like how I talked about. We all have yeah, our roles Just like how I talked about. Um, yeah, just how I talked about when I when I made that drive for my medical, I took my son to make it productive. Hmm. So when I'm, when, I'm, when I'm at work and I've got 12 hours worth of shift work where I just have to operate, like I try to use that time productively too. So whether I have an audio book plugged in or whether I, ha- whether I have something – productive or i have i just sit in silence sometimes i just sit with nothing yeah. and then i just have a pad and a paper and and then i just let i just sit with myself you know, or, you know or i feel you... like i feel like there's a little part of me that always leads me and sometimes with too much noise happening too much things happening like i'm ignorant to me <laughs> yeah i am um, or you can help me come up with this this idea of a podcast so the inception of <laughs> this whole life's a niche thing also this week I've applied to go on Spotify, so we shall see. Um, I need to obviously edit and put cool sound effects in, but it might be a thing. So, okay. So just so we should probably touch on how you and I know each other as well. So obviously through work, we bonded over footy. I'm a shark, tragic, you're a warrior. I think we were talking one day about footy and stuff. And um, yeah, do you remember that story you told me about, like I asked you having red hair? I've touched on this in week one, but can you tell me what you said to me? It scared, it scared the fuck out of me, to be honest with you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, so the, the, for those guys that don't know us, like I, I got a red, like I got brown, like brown hairish, but my beard, like I've been growing out a beard for a little while, and um, it, when it gets to a certain length, it starts to go reddish. <laughs> so you know, it's 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 very much like the mining story. How I said when I would go to New Zealand, you know, if people ask who, what, where did I work or what did I do in Australia, I always say mining, because it's just like you don't you, you know, I don't want to have a big conversation about that. Yeah. Anyway, people always ask, like, so where's the red come from in your beard? And just to like, just to kind of like not have a big conversation about my beard because it's not very interesting. I always say, look, my ancestors, yeah, we used to eat people. <laughs> and, and, and like, it's always very funny. I find it very amusing. <laughs> you know, some people laugh and then they look away and they kind of like get a little bit frightened. But some people just stare <laughs> at you. They don't know how to take you. And like a lot of a lot of that stuff, like I guess some of it's kind of true. Like, you know, the Maori people when um when the first settlers come over, like they would go into war and they they use trench warfare. So they mm. dug their holes and they attacked from both sides, and then the holes were already dug. So they just put the put the bodies in there and start a hangi and then start you know, <laughs> you know, and then they didn't have to travel back to the village to get food because they just cooked their cooked their enemies and, and and they were all good. So you know, so as as the more as the more settlers <laughs> kept coming. The settlers only had as much food as they had, their ships could hold safely. Where the Maori people, the more people they killed, the more food they had. So <laughs> realistically, bro, if, if you could kill more people, then that means you could eat more. So you'd be you'd be on the hunt. 
<laughs> uh, well, one, that's dark. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a very, very dark sort of topic. <laughs> oh, two. Two, when you first said that to me, honestly, my, my sphincter clenched because, you know, you're, you're tall, so you're of a Maori descent and you're quite tall and broad and I'm small and fat-ish. And um, well, I thought to myself, fuck, how do I take this dude? <laughs> and then it was ironic because... Yeah, were, yeah that, were, that's kind of like... It's just... <laughs> And it's funny because you were like, you like, I've got a few other Maori friends and you're also extremely humble. And it's, it's funny, um, you know, you got, you know, this stigma of like every, Maori guys, super, like generally big, solid people. Um, I don't know, this is the pure yeah, my life that I know. Yeah. And, you know, you, you think, oh no, I don't want to piss that person off. And then you talk to like someone like yourself, you're like, hey man, how's it going? Like, Super humble, nice, nice person. So it's yeah. never judge a book by its cover, people, because they might fucking eat you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So uh, actually, a, a question I, I had for you. Oh, so yep. well, thanks for well, t- thanks for taking us through that. So before we go back to that section, having a bitchy with Mitchy, can you talk to us? Because you are now in in the process of, and you have a coaching business, so you are. I guess you would say like a life coach and you're into mindfulness and you're into coaching people. Can you tell us about how you and your wife got involved in that and what it's all about? Like what is life coaching per se, or if, can you correct me if I'm wrong there? What, so what it's, it, yeah, I guess it's a, it, I guess it's a bit of, it's a bit of life coaching, but our, our prime money maker is marketing. Okay. So it kind of like, you kind of, so the life coaching comes from building your team. So how it is, is um we, we market, a high ticket item and the high ticket item is a water machine that um alkalizes your water makes it really good for you like a lot of the food that we eat today even veggies is very high in acid oh is that the water you got me is that the water you got me to try that's yeah that's the water i got you to try yeah so yeah that's our prime that's our prime objective that 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 machine yeah so but there's a lot of coaching in between that and that's the that's the top that's the top of the pyramid basically if you buy if you buy and you buy one of those then you're automatically a partner of the bigger scheme and then everybody who buys after you under you creates your income but then there's a level under that that teaches you how to market so you can sell that okay and that's where the coaching side of things come in so everybody who's bought uh, a system under me or bought some coaching under me that I, I get I get a, I get paid for that so I run me my wife and I run Facebook ads and we got our own Facebook page as well I think it's um Hina and Rowan on Facebook basically Hina and Rowan nothing nothing too fancy I'll get the I think we have been talking we have been I'll get the URL and post it under later so they can just have a direct yeah, link yeah. to it that's no, e- too that's easy too easy so those yeah those who um want to jump on and have a look yeah definitely and and if you come on and have a look and anything interests you, just send us a message. Like we'll just have a chat. Like I'm, I'm not one of those salesmen that knock on your door and hey, hey look, I've got something here, buy it. You know, I'm, I'm more so. This is what I'm doing and this is where I'm going. And if that sounds like somewhere you want to go or something you want to do, then reach out to me and let's have that chat. And Ooh. if it is, then I'll, I'll connect you with the right people so you carry on with your journey. And every so often we'll touch back we'll talk about our journeys and how, how we're traveling, how I'm going, my successes, your successes, and together we'll grow, rise by lifting others up. So how did, that's, that, how that's did you the get, kind of sales. Sorry, that's fair. Huh? How did, so so how, how it was, was, um, how did you get there? How did you get to that point? Curious. Like what got you? How what, did I get onto this? Oh, yeah, how, how, how did, sorry. How did you? So, so 
get into like the mindfulness because you're you're quite a positive person yourself. How did you? So like Rowan and I, it's come. It always, it always comes back down to those questions that you ask yourself. So at the time, I was working in Orange. I was working a bit of shift work at a flour mill, and um, man, I was hating it. I was hating the shift work. I was hating missing out on family time. Kind of. So I started looking online, and first the first business that we did, we uh, started selling stuff on eBay. So we um, what we did was we um, sold a lot of the stuff we didn't need around the house first on eBay. And then we built up enough money that we could now go and buy a product from a distributor and then sell that product. So we tried a few products. We spent a couple of grand here and there and we sold things on YouTube on, on I'm sorry, on eBay. And that, that was all good. And that was it. That was the start to it. We went to a couple of seminars and all of that kind of stuff that kind of taught us. And, and we started, started interacting with other people that had that started looking at like online was a place to go. So that was the introduction and then we went into um i don't know if i don't know if i talked to you about this but my wife started a bath bomb business so it was bath and body magic uh, yeah i think that was that's what it was called it was a few years ago and we were making bath bombs at home and then selling them on our own shopify okay. and so that that was the next level of that and then um then we come across the um an ad on facebook which we clicked in and then we started having conversations with one of the girls and we stepped into a um, webinar and we started interacting with these guys and, and girls and, and people from all over the world. Like I've got, I've got guys in my team that are from Canada, other guys from America, like all over There's Japan, you know, people that we conversate with fairly often. So when you have that kind of like, when you're interacting with that, such a wide group of people, that diversity, you know, and they're sharing their wins and their losses and they're sharing their troubles and, and everyone's helping each other through it. Like that's a, that's a powerful place to be. And when we saw, and we got into that, it was like, we just stepped into a webinar started having that chat and then like we had to invest so at that at this stage where we got to that point where i was actually working out here in the hunter and i was actually doing doing okay i was paying my bills i was putting some cash aside and then i was in a place where i could actually invest so i went in i jumped in we rowan and i jumped in full full steam ahead and we went and bought we didn't just buy the water system we bought the shower system like there's a few things so we heavily invested in it yeah so yeah okay so we we heavily invested so we we put in a lot and then we we busted our but we busted our butts and put in a lot of work over like 12 months or so we're, we're dropping content daily maybe twice a day we're running our ads on facebook we're conf- i was i was talking to about five maybe six people daily new people people who didn't know anything about this business they were reaching out and saying hey what are you doing like i'm interested i saw your ad you know what what's what what is it and i was plugging these guys on to like a cup i was joining them into webinars where they could be in that diverse environment that i talked about earlier and and if they liked it they liked it you know they carried on and they, they invested as far as they could invest you know some guys invest you know, $500, some guys invest 10 grand, you know, whatever, whatever suits them. And I just, okay. Yeah. So we heavily invested and then, um, man, we busted our butts for 12 months. Yeah. And then we, we started like for 12 months, we didn't really for about 10 months. We didn't really see much movement. And then, um, then things started to happen and we started getting a lot of guys, like actually a lot of people were actually signing on and, and, and signing up for that coaching and signing up for that, and that, that mentor mentorship and stuff like that. And then that generated a bit of an income for us, not a massive income, not something that I could quit my job, but something that could um, could could make a lot of things viable. So things that could make me help me to write off a lot of things that make life a little bit easier. 
So I haven't touched a business for a good chunk, maybe 12 months, but I'm still, I'm still making it. I'm still getting that income for that work that I've already done. So there's, there's a part of me that a little part of me that's been asking myself that question. Why did I stop? Why can't I keep pushing? And, and I guess I'll be jumping back in shortly, I guess, but there's a lot of guys uh, above me that man, they're, they're killing it. You know, I'm in a group that when every time, every time somebody makes a sale or ranks up, you know, you, the, this group gets smashed and man, I'm getting hits daily. So people are making sales every day, yeah, you know, and, and like for an there. example, man, like one sale could be like two grand in your pocket. <laughs> yeah. So like back when we were, like I talked about the YouTube, like the eBay thing, when we we're on eBay, you know, back then we we're selling all bath bombs, even on our um, Spotify for one sale, we'd probably make like, I don't know, 10 bucks maybe 10 bucks or something yeah. if somebody bought one unit you know one bath bomb we're probably making like three dollars off that one sale but what it, the, the work it takes to sell a bath bomb and to and to, to market a bath bomb which is like a ten dollar sale compared to selling a ten dollar water machine man it's the same work <laughs> yeah i'll um i get that so when we when this finishes i edit it i post the link down below so they can check out all that stuff but I remember talking yeah, to yeah. you I remember talking to you, and one thing that sort of intrigued me was um, you, you, you spoke to me about the mindfulness that you take with, in, in with you. So, you know, you, you shared some, some podcasts, you put them on my USB, and they're all about mindfulness, creating a positive atmosphere, creating, you know, what you ask to the universe you shall receive. You know, all these potentially you could say, use the word spiritual things. And, yep. and, was, and what was intriguing to me was that you – um, you were so passionate about this and I'd never really come across anyone who had had that sort of open mindfulness about, you know, you know, spirituality and just seemed like you'd like, oh yeah, so it's all about positive mindfulness and then we'll smash beers with the bros. It's like, it was just this, this, this fluent, this fluent mindset you had and you're able to speak yep. and, you know, so, you know, glad to hear that, you know, it sucks that you're a little bit you know, down in business at the moment, but it'll, it'll, you know, it'll pick back up. Oh, I'm, I'm not down in business. I just haven't touched it. Oh, right, <laughs> if I, if I, like the guys that are continuing to touch the business and, and their businesses, they're killing it. Okay. You know, these guys are making 5k monthly every month, Being a little 10k something. monthly every little, month, little you something know. on the side. That'd be nice. So what, um, and yeah, what, where did this whole okay so this whole thing you got going now where did this all stem from where did this mindfulness thinking thought process come from where did you first so adopt that where, where the first the first kind of taste of it was like um so in the group that the business group that i'm talking about the mentorship these guys are they said look here's a book read this book first before you read anything else read this book do you remember the, so name the, of the book's book? called yeah yeah I, man I've, i carry it around like i've i've literally i've got it in my car right now Okay. So like, like you said, I'm sitting in a car. I always have this book. It's in my glove box. I, it never leaves the car. Yep. So the book's called The Magic and it's, it's written by um, Rhonda Byrne. Okay. Okay. Rhonda Byrne, for those that are in the, in, onto the Netflix thing, Rhonda Byrne, she um, made a movie called The Secret. It's about law of attraction and, and all of that kind of thing. So if, if you're not familiar, like go check that out. Like, it's a good, it's a good hour and a half watch. Really good hour and a half watch. Anyway, I, I was put on to my, from, by my mentors, by the guys above me and my wife, um, you know, Julian Jang and Yang and um, Matthew and like all of these guys that, man, these guys are on 50K a month, man. These guys, when you have somebody who's on, you know, let's say 10K a month saying, you want to be on 10K? This is uh, I, how I got here is I read this book. 
Classic pyramid. Do you scheme. read that book? Classic pyramid scheme. <laughs> bro, everything's a pyramid scheme. You know, you had a, you have a, you have a mum and dad, and then you're born, and then then your mum and dad had a mum and dad, and then it goes up, and every time you go up a level, it's bigger. That's never, a pyramid. <laughs> I never, I never thought my my family is a pyramid, more like an obtuse rectangle. But good to know. <laughs> you know, every everything goes down. You, you, we're working. You're bottom off the table. You just started a new job. Then you got a leading hand. You got a supervisor. You got a manager. Blah 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 blah. It all everything goes up in the pyramid. Everything. Yep. yep fair enough. Okay. So Picking yeah. Up so uh, yeah. So when you got somebody, it's just like a like if I refer it back to footy because a lot of people are footy minded. Yep. If you have a really good player who now coaches you and he tells you that if you want to be a good player. You got to do A, B, and C. Do you do A, B, and C? Well, I would. You know? better. Yeah, I would. Yeah, and so in the same situation, these these marketers, these guys that were making fucking crazy cash, told me to read A, B, and C. So I read A, B, and C. <laughs> so I read the magic, which was really good for me. Like it was, it was, it was based around gratitude. And um, every day it's a 20, 28 day challenge in the book. So every day they give you a bit of a story of talking about a bit of gratitude and then they give you, they give you a job to do like a task to do for that day. And um, I remember, I almost remember it mostly. I remember parts of it really well. So day one is um, count your blessings. So you write down 10 things that you're thankful for or grateful for. And, um, and, and then you write, you write why you're grateful for, for it. So when we had that conversation back then, I was going through maybe my second, third, fourth month of that. I did, I, I used to jump in, I used to jump in at work and I would, every shift I would write 10 things I'm grateful for and why I'm grateful for it. Right. Yeah. So I'll, just, know, I'll, every... just, I'll just contextualize that for a sec while I'll yep. inter- sorry, I'll interrupt you again. Sorry, but I'm being a bit rude today. No, um, you're right, mate. So, okay. So the idea is, is that you said to me, you said, okay, so what we're going to focus on is, a, B, C, D. So, you know, if you want to, if you want to, you know, if you want to create something out of nothing, so I'm not going to go too much onto the, onto the secret because I don't want to potentially, you know, open up a can of worms. It's just, just for, <laughs> for, for listeners sake, um, you know, you believe in the, the art is you ask the universe for what you want. So you start with gratitude and then you, you know, you write down what, what are some things I want to do that like, I want to achieve. It's kind of like, having the whiteboard in front of you. So I've got a whiteboard at home and, yep. you know, you, you write up things that you want to achieve. So this week I've had a quite a productive week. I've always wanted mm-hmm. to do something in radio. So this yep. week I've gone out, obviously got this project going on. This is week three, enjoying the yep. hell out of it. I'm going to keep going with it. You know, when I can fit it in with my work duties, of course, because I still got cold to move. But one thing I've always wanted to do was work on radio because yes, I have the head for it as I keep getting reminded. And that's fair enough. Cause I do. Um, but um, this week I've gone out and there's a little there's a little um, radio station in the Hunter here in, in a place called Cessnock. And they've allowed me to go along next week to do some training to potentially host my own show for a few hours a week. I mean, how cool is that? I mean, I'm so excited. I think the demographic is predominantly older people, like retirement age plus. But, you know, you got to start no, just, That's really good, bro. Like, like, like we had discussed earlier. You're just traveling along, you're traveling along that road, man, and you've got that green light. So you've moved to the next light. You're going to come across some obstacles. You're going to come across a bit of stuff. Good but callback. until you get the next green light, you, you just keep trucking along, keep moving along. That's a good call. And that's the thing. Like, you know, like you're just moving. Yeah. And you just got to keep moving forward. And every time you move forward, you, you're going to fail sometimes. But the failure is a lesson. Like, you can either learn 
you can either like win or you can learn. Like there's no losing, there's no failure. You know, you use that failure as a lesson and then you grow from it. Yeah, that's it. And you know, I remember talking to you, um, you know, it's you're like, you know, visualize it. So the whiteboard metaphor works in this instance. So I'll, before I cut you off, I'd, I, I, um, I was just thinking, um, you know, so this week, a lot of things are happening for me per se. Um, so I've got yep. this radio gig starting. I'm doing some training on Wednesday. I've taken a week off work just to sort of get some, some regular sleep and pattern back and whatever. And, you know, because it catches up with you and sometimes you need a spell, which is fine. So I've had approved leave from work for those of who are listening from work. Um, so I got this radio gig. I'm doing this today, and I think I'm doing another episode this week. And um, and we're gonna still got that SBS thing going on on Monday, so um, that may air. So if that comes out, I'll also post that. But man, you know when you just you you stop to th- you, you count your, your ducks in a row, and you're like, you know what, this is. I feel like I'm finally on the way to where I'm meant to be. Yeah, I like that. I like that you're on your way. But you got to remember all that down period beforehand. That that's 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 the cream, man. That's the stuff that makes this thing possible. That's you know, all that down period, all that figuring shit out, all that all that mucking around, all that you know, brainstorming. You know, that brainstorming, all of that grunt, all of that rubbish that you don't really you don't really sit in that moment and go, I'm grateful for this. You know, no, you don't, but no. we it, it, nah, but we're always happy to when we're on the on one of the uphill. When we're sitting on top of the hill, we're always happy to um, look at the view and enjoy it. But but what about? Uh, I'm going to go a little bit off. But yeah. have you ever gone through? A, have you ever gone through a sticky situation? But then at hindsight, look back and go, if it wasn't for that point, this great part wouldn't have happened. Yeah, I think when I when you I know, spoke, so if, when I spoke about yeah. on week one, I spoke about um, one of the girls I dated and the hard time I had with the pregnancy thing. Anyways, I won't delve because I've spoken about it before, but in hindsight, that was tough. Fast forward to now, it's allowed me to, it sounds up myself, but I actually, I love the person I am becoming. Like I am happy to be a five foot something toe ball who lifts weights now and is able to entertain. Like I'm grateful to be a, like a, a nice guy. So yeah, that's, is that what you mean? And that's, yeah, that's, that's like what, what I was talking about, the magic, like that, that, gift of gratitude like learning and just trusting that okay yeah i'm in a sticky situation right now but what lessons can i take from it and how is it going to propel me later you know just just knowing that yeah this is going to blow over everything like i've been in this situation before or something similar and and now looking back at that situation it wasn't so bad yeah you know so if you if you're in that kind of state for sure then nothing ever brings you down you know like you're just empowering yourself all the time you know oh shit you know i got punched in the face that time but you know he didn't really punch that hard because i've been punched harder before and i'll be fine you know like that's that's a really rough example you know but that's just the way it is so when you get to a point where you just don't like something somebody says something you're not going to let it bother you you know you get to that point where you're almost bro you're almost invincible you're almost untouchable you know as long as you're sticking to your values and you're going okay this is what i believe in and this is where i'm at this is where i'm heading and no no matter whatever like it's like driving on the road man and somebody somebody crashes their scooter into the letterbox if you're driving and you're focusing on your side of the road you don't you don't even see that guy crash okay no okay i'm just laughing out loud there i'm just picturing like a 11 year old Mitch with his blonde hair smashing into a litter box because I did that. I was trying to, <laughs> I was trying to sit with a packet of chips. I did that all the time. Scooting along, yeah. scooting along, hit a little pebble on the, on the footpath, arranged myself on the, on the litter box. 
And that wasn't the most upsetting part. The most upsetting part was all my twisties are on the ground. And that's what made me cry. Not my rough head. I lost all my cheese twisties. It's bullshit. <laughs> uh, three second rule. Oh, that was, <laughs> oh. Oh, I, maybe. Um, okay, so I, I I get where you're coming from. So it's so it, in that in that in that kind of mind frame and that kind of and that's that's the person that's that's where I was at when we had that conversation. Yeah. Like I, you know, I was about my thing. I was focusing on mine and and what I needed to do. And yeah. like, and part of what I needed to do was turn up to work and, and make coin for my family. But then, as soon as I got home, another part of what I needed to do is to sit down with my kids, have that conversation, talk about how their days were, talk about if, and with them giving me that feedback of how their day was. Looking at that and going, okay, is there a lesson here that I can teach them from their day? You know, I'd sit down with my kids on my days off. You know, we'd all sit down, we'd all write gratitudes. That book, uh, that book, The Magic, was so life-changing for me that that Christmas, after I read it, uh, you know, a big chunk of times, uh, that Christmas, I bought every single person in my family that book. Yeah, and wow. then I wrote uh, in that book, in the front page, there's a blank page before it tells you what the title is. You know, my wife and I wrote a personalized message to everybody in the family. I said, yeah. like, you know. And what was the message? You know, this, you know a lot of the time it was like, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. You know, this year we're going to gift you the gift of gratitude, you know, and, and gratitude's really changed our lives in the last 12 months. So, you know, go through the book, go through the challenges and see how much life, how much your life will change, That's you know, cool. and, and encourage. And all my kids did it. You know, my, my 12 year old, he would have been uh, maybe 10 at the time. He would get it. We gave everybody a book. Um, day two of the challenge is gratitude rock, where you get a rock and you, um you put it, you, when you put it away in the morning, you pick it up and you think of something to be grateful for. And at the end of the day, you put it on your side table drawer. At the end of the day, you grab it again and think of something to be grateful for on top of the 10 things that you write every day. Kind of like, so, um, it's a kind of like um, stopping and just counting, just taking counting the time the, to be grateful. Counting, yeah, all, the, counting take, all the blessings. Well, like how many times have you gone to bed and you're laying in bed and you're worrying about something? You're worrying about, oh, what did he say? What did she say? Or this happened? Or how am I going to do this? Yeah. Now, think about that energy that you're going to bed with. Worry, stress, yep. you know? Is that a good Is that a good energy to take to bed, to marinate it? Definitely not. But if you pick, but the last thing you do is think of something to be grateful for before you put that rock down and go to bed. Now, is that a good energy to to, to marinate in? It'll at least take you on, this, on the path to getting a positive mindset a good, for sure yeah so when sure. you when you do that and and like the rule of the mind is the the mind learns by repetition that's number one rule yeah so just like driving a manual when you when you're first and you're learning to drive man you're almost counting the gears you're like oh i'm in second oh clutching i'm in third oh we're slowing down clutching back to second you know look at that thought look at that pattern yeah. because and then two years of driving a manual man you're not even looking down Man, you're you're sitting there trying to eat a pie while you're changing gears <laughs> because the mind, bro, because the mind's changed those gears that many yeah. times. Like your conscious mind has done it that much times that it's now a, a, a habit, and the <laughs> habit's now embedded into your subconscious mind. And instead, you're looking down at what pie chunks have just gone onto your lap, and while you while you yeah you're yeah doing... you're like oh gee that's hot that's hot that's hot. <laughs> why the fuck is my, why is my groan on fire? <laughs> Of course. So you you know every <laughs> everything you do everything you do you 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 learn from that's and if cool. you're doing something daily every single day without miss that becomes a gratitude and it becomes part of you like it's like that movie Inception you know I don't know a lot of guys probably have seen that you know they try to jump in 
and plant something into the subconscious mind. But the subconscious mind learns by repetition that the moment the subconscious mind starts to notice that, hey, this isn't normal, then the whole subconscious mind starts to fight that thing because th that's not something that's grown by repetition. That's something that's getting dropped in, you know? It's, it's just like when you win. Man, it's just like when you just start a new eating regime and, and you're, you're supposed to be on salads and, and stuff and then you drive past KFC. But KFC, KFC smells so good and that smell is like a repetition. Like it's, it's something that you've smelled and enjoyed for a long amount of time. Yeah, it's kind so of like... It's so I easy. Know, I heard somewhere that... I remember it was you that told me or I read it on a beer coaster or something, but they say that the mind is a lot like strengthening any muscle in your body. Like if you want to work on your biceps, you lift weights. If you want to strengthen your mind, then you practice this technique again and again. You challenge your thoughts. You practice your gratitude with your gratitude in the form of a gratitude rock or me personally, not many people know this about me, but every now I, I believe in God. I don't practice a religion, but every night before I go to bed, I say a little prayer and I can say the prayer word for word. I could just give you the, the, you know, the outline of it, but essentially what it is, it's, you know, thanks for another day. Thanks for, you know, everything. So counting the blessings, you know, you, you pray for things that you want to come, you know, like, can you help me with problem ABC? Can you forgive me for all the negative crap I've done today or whatever it is? And then that for me, once I do that, then that's my form of, of mindfulness. I believe in a higher power. You surrender yourself yeah, to the universe. And, and, like, um, and then that's that, exactly the word I was going to say. So that's, then, so that's your surrender. Yeah, and that you've and now, you've now taken that backpack off and given it to God and saying, "Here, this is everything. I've unpacked it, yeah. and now I'm going to bed without that heavy bag." Well, you're going to try to at least, and you know, like I know now. Don't get me wrong; I'm not. I don't practice religion. I still swear like a trooper and drink skewies with the boys. But I think we're, you know, we can all do things like this, whether it's in the form of what you and your family do, what I do, or whatever. You know, people, you know, they go and. Tr take care of themselves and sleep better you know what i mean like they'll they'll take a you know a porn hub phone in front of them and take care of themselves and sleep better that whatever it is you know there's a little joke i brought from work i use and i said oh you know i brought work home from me the other day and uh you'd go what what'd you do and i said i'll oh, give myself a couple of abusive shifts <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you so for those of you who don't know what an abusive shift is it's when you're operating a piece of cat gear and you are like a bit rough with the gearing or you know, with the revs are too high, you're trying to change from gear to reverse or in a dozer or something, you're trying to, you know, go from first or whatever it might be. So you, you're rough on the gear. So some people are, are rough on their gear, I guess you could say. But when you, it's, I think once you are able to actually comprehend what's like, instead of like fighting against yourself and like, you know, we get revved up, you know, the other day I was stressed about this radio thing and, you know, like, oh, oh, you know, I'm, what do I have to do? Like, do I need to educate myself? Because I went there off two hours sleep after night shift on Thursday night. But I just remembered, like, hang on, just stay relaxed. You're not going to get anywhere hey, yeah. flustered. Yeah, and it's more, it's, it's very much like the story about the interview, you know. You want this, but there's always going to be an obstacle that you've got to overcome to get there. Yep. Like, you can't be the same person without the obstacle. The obstacle makes you, the obstacle prepares you for it. And the being tired and the turning up anyway, that's what puts you a cut above. That's what that's what goes, okay, that, that's how much you want it. Because <laughs> that thing that you're doing is the different thing. It's something completely different Yeah. that your mind is not used to. It's out of your comfort zone. I don't want to do that because that's not safe. 
I don't want to do that because that's not normal. So I'm going to put all these obstacles in place. And then when you push through and you push through that threshold and you and you end up doing it and then you feel great about it, then your mind's going, oh, so that new thing that we were scared of, it's pretty good because we feel great about it. It becomes a drug. And I, I guarantee you, and I, I think anyone would speak for this when I say, yes, your comfort zone is fine. I get that. But I guarantee you, once you learn to challenge yourself and throw yourself into somewhere you don't know where you're going to wind up, that gratification, that that feeling of awesomeness will far outweigh the safe life that you may have. So like another example I've got is um, I I broke up with a, an ex-partner in circa mid-2015, late 2015. And I was talking to a friend, Georgie, shout outs. And um, he suggested, he's like, you know what, man, you like traveling. Why don't you just go and try your luck and go in England. So I armed and hard and I thought, you know what, bugger it. I wanted to see some EPL matches. I wanted to do Ireland, Wales, Scotland, Northern Ireland. You know, I wanted to go to Europe. You know, I want Spain. I want to go to Germany. I want to go to France. Like, so I thought I applied for a passport and a visa and I got said visa. So I went over and I started talking to people on like Facebook pages in London. And I knew of a few people that burnt through their money very quickly. So I thought I don't want to set myself up in London because I've, etc anyways so ended up in liverpool started in a hostel i'm i ended up matching with some made some friends on a on like a facebook page and yeah and the rest was history it's sort of set up there and i spoke a little bit about it last week with brooksy before i come home because i was scared and to be with his him and his daughter before she unfortunately passed away um but um i just remember that sense of freedom and i was shit scared didn't know where i was gonna like land obviously the plane was landing in london <laughs> well done mitch but you know that there's always that you you you, th- you throw yourself off a ledge and you don't know metaphorically and you don't know where you're going to end up so i ended up in a road crew with guys who love rugby league like me and we went to see a few games we we spoke some shit at the pub and i ended up working at that pub a little bit later but for that six months or seven months whatever it was man i was truly free and i that was when i truly learned you know what this when you take a, a plunge, the grass is always truly greener on the other side. So I would say to anyone out there, if there's something that you want to do, then stop putting it off and at least take steps. Like me, I always wanted to get in the radio. First step, go see the clairvoyant. She planted seeds. She she reminded me that confidence I once had. And then I started this. And then now in a matter of a few weeks, I'm going to be hosting a radio show and on telly. Like, you know, my idea is that I like to entertain people. So, you know, and you've you've just told us today, like, you know, you've, you set yourself up, you met your partner and then you, you, you know, you take a plunge overseas and you, you, you wound up on your feet. You've got a, you know, a great relationship with your family. You've got a good wage. You've got things that are working for you. So you've planted seeds and they're doing nothing but, you know, growing now. So, you know, power to you. I, I commend you tremendously in what you've achieved so far. You're absolutely bloody killing it, mate. Um, and I'm oh, a bit, Bro, that, no. that goes both ways, man. Like I remember having that conversation about you starting this podcast. Yeah. And and look, man, you've already this is your third episode, and and it's just just like we said, like it's just those green lights. Got a lot. And to you're learn. gonna have obstacles. You're gonna have yeah, and and you're just gonna learn as you go. Like you never, you know, a white belt karate kid doesn't go fight black belt straight up. <laughs> you know, he's got to start and he's got to go through and he's got to learn. Like and and that's all it is. Like that's what this life's about. It's about learning learning from others and, and gaining knowledge and then, and then progressing. Um, we all, we all end up here. This is true. Um, uh, this is a long episode, but like, at, I, I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad that it is because people get a sense as to like what you're about, you know, and perseverance, challenging yourself, um, you know, taking those, those challenges 
and those opportunities to those people who can mentor us. You spoke about mentors as well. And then not forgetting yeah. those who helped us along the way. So I've got a, I've got my parents still luckily are all, so I've got four parents. I'm lucky. I don't have just two. I've got step parents as well. And I've also got a friend's parents, Greg and Kath, who are like an uncle and auntie to me. Like they're not blood, but they are just as close, if not closer at times, I can go to them with problems and it's great. You know? So like, if you are lucky enough, to meet people along the way, always make sure that you look after them. You know, even if it's in the form of, oh, hey, just out of the blue, just texting to see how you've been. You've been on my mind and I hope you're doing well. Leave the ball in their court and then they can come back to you. But to, to some people, that's just reading a text message from a phone number they haven't seen in a long time can make all the difference, especially in times of, of COVID. So, all right. So that's that gives insight as to what, you know, how you and I know each other and some of those mindfulness and your business which I'll give a plug yep. again. Rowan Hina on Facebook. I'll put it on, on the links. So while I got you, um, do you want do you want to help me? I'm going to have to learn how to insert a, a cheeky little sound effect here. But while I got you, do you want to have a quick bitchy with Mitchy? Uh, I'm not really one for bitching, but I, I, I'm because I'm sitting in the front yard and I'm sitting in my in, in my car. What do you got I'm for looking us? At the, okay, I'm looking at the rubbish bins, right? Yeah. And and we always we always get so we get the yellow bin for recycling. We get the red bin for rubbish, general rubbish. Yeah. And what, what what gets me is, and this is just from the top of my head, like, yeah, we're always encouraged to recycle, right? Okay. So that that's normal. We always get encouraged recycle. Make sure your plastics go here. Make sure your cardboard, blah blah blah. But the rubbish, the general rubbish, the red bin that goes to landfill gets picked up weekly, but the yellow bin gets picked up second, like fortnightly. Like if we were encouraged, <laughs> truly encouraged. To bloody recycle, wouldn't it be the other way around? Pull your finger out and local council. And and bro, and, and why is the red <laughs> bin like heaps smaller than the yellow bin? So you're up. And, and you, you're in, you're in you a get different get me, bro. Like Yeah, I get you. You're, you're in a different council area to me where the, the oh, I'm in the Cessnock council area and they are they're all the same. But general waste is weekly. Green waste so is we're in, so we're encouraged by media and, and by by to in to recycle more. But we're only going to let you recycle once a fortnight. But we're going to pick up your general rubbish for landfill every week. Yeah, no, I, I don't. It's yeah. a twisted message, don't you think? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'm. Yeah, I never really stopped to think about that. But you're right. Um, and, and, also, and honestly, if if your recycling bin's full, where do you put your plastic? General bin in the red bin. <laughs> so no, it goes that week. <laughs> have you got the th- have you got the three bin system up there? So if every so yeah, say, the green the greens for green. like um like clippings and, yeah, and so and greens every other stuff. one week recycling, other week green. One week green. Yeah. But wouldn't like wouldn't you if if we were gonna look after the, the world more, wouldn't you have the general rubbish every fortnight and have green and um yellow going out weekly? Well, yeah, I guess so. I never really stopped to think about that, but that's a fair oh, I, topic. I never do either, but I thought since I'm sitting here and I can see my rubbish bins. <laughs> yeah that, that, that's that, that's my little bitch <laughs> oh, oh then thanks for having a, a bitchy with mitchy i've really i've really stopped having to think about like was you know we could always speak about idiots on the road and selfishness and stuff but i never really stopped to have a think about like what i was going to whinge about this week i think you know <laughs> just off the top of my head too this is cool it's getting us thinking so what what pisses me off this is now this is a first world problem is that if you send a message now, my friend Ava, absolutely, which she, her and Dave are going to be on the podcast very soon. I was best man at their wedding, shout outs. Now, one thing that she used to giggle at me for was I am a 
I respond to text generally pretty quick. And what used to piss me off, I'm a little bit more narrow uh, uh, mellow these days, is that you send a message, you see the scene icon come up and then hours pass, you don't get a response. Or if you ring them, they deny the call and they text you, what's up? That pisses me off. <laughs> like, hang on. <laughs> like, it took you longer to go through that effort and you could just answer the phone and say, hey, but I know people are busy yeah, and shit. Yeah. Why answer the phone in the first place? It's like, I'm busy. I'm at work. I'll text you later. Cool. I'm in the know. But like, what's up? I'll get stuff. <laughs> like, Brooksy, last, <laughs> Brooksy, he was on last week. Horrible for it. <laughs> No, oh, uh, I think I'm pretty bad for it too. He's horrible. I think that happened. I think that happened before I jumped on call. Like I, I messaged, <laughs> you said, "Oh yeah." Like I was, I was out walking with my young fella, doing a warm down, and then um, yeah, I'm like, okay, okay, I've seen your message. Okay, I'll be about 10, 15 minutes. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll be able to shower. I'll be able to get a few things. You know, make breakfast for my kids, and you know, get them on their way. Yeah. And next minute. Breakfast took a little bit longer. Next minute, I come out of the shower, man. My phone, like my, my phone's just missed the call. I'm like, oh man. And then I've messaged, yeah, <laughs> give me five. <laughs> See the old Mitch panic stations. The the the, yeah, the, yeah. the 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 current Mitch. Oh yeah, all good. Takes what it takes. Yeah, I yeah. used that time productively and went and had a, a big old number two. So felt good, feeling good. Yeah. So um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean. I have been getting people to hop on the previous weeks to make a song, but don't know how that's going because people haven't done it yet. So, and if you haven't. Yeah. So I haven't really done a song, but there's been a song that I've been digging at the moment and I've been listening to it quite often, quite. And it's called, um, it's from a group called Kolo Kai. So it's K-O-L-O-H-E-K-A-I. Hang on. And the song's Uh, called Round. Can you you spell that for us again? K-O-L-O. H E space K A I. Okay, cool. Call cool. here, Kai. Cool. And then the song's called Round and Around. Okay. And cool. I don't I, I probably I don't know how to play it for you. Like I have got a tablet. With oh, me I'll, and I'll, I'll check it. it. I'll check it out later. But yeah, check it out. And whoever's listening, check it out. Like it's a really nice song. Yeah. And it's um it kind of talks about like you know going through tough times, but how the tough times come back around to be good times. Like you know you can't have the dark without the light. It's, it's very along those lines. Pretty much what I think it resonates with me. Okay. So yeah, check it out. See what you think, and yeah, let us know. Cool, cool. I'll well yeah. Now it's going up on Spotify, and I I'm gonna with the email. Yeah, that, that that song that song's on Spotify too. I've been jamming I'll, it. I'll do a mass when I do a mass email. That's how I've been getting this out that the people was emailing it. So in the notes on the email, I'll include a link to the song. I'll include a link to your page and yep. um, and easy. and also a screenshot of the Rhonda Byrne book. Also, I when I went down, I walked down to get a coffee before, and I now we're in mining, so this is this is like more mining appropriate sort of jargon. But do you know that song "Get Low"? Uh, yeah, let me see you. Let me see you get low, get low from the window to the wall. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I've written oh, half a verse on mining terminology, so you know, like three, six, nine. When we seen the one, get low, get low. Do you want to hear what I've come up with off the top of my head in five minutes about mining? Yeah, where you go, bro. So our truck series are five hundred numbers, and the diggers are three hundred series. So. So like five six nine, feeling fine. I'm the next truck in line at Digger three one nine. Let me see you get low, get low from the wind row to the how wow. And you're tipping on these spoils, making safety calls. Tip that dirt, motherfucker. Tip that dirt, huh? Let me see you get low, back and square the wind row. Tip a good yo. Let me get low, let get. Low. <laughs> 
from the windrow <laughs> to the hammer. I just come up with that as I was smashing my coffee. <laughs> and once again, I've, once again, I've proven my talent is on ridiculous abilities. So, you know, oh, that bro. was that's going to be. I'll tell you, you're going to be great for radio, bro. <laughs> oh, from the window to the high wall, uh, chipping on these balls. I just don't know why, but like a high wall is when you're driving on a road in a mine, it's a wall above you because in open cut walls, sort of, um, they transition down. So, wall, road, wall, road, and you got windows of miles of piles of dirt along the road itself and the spalls and when you're on a dump is the base of that high wall so when you tip your dirt there it makes it anyways <laughs> that's what i come up with so that's pretty damn good bro it's pretty not good. it's fucking stupid <laughs> <laughs> but you know for anyone who had to who's endured this long podcast i respect that because it's gone for a while but yeah well We'll probably have to wrap it up. I'll go in and help with some lunch and yeah, I'm going spend to, some time with the fams. I'm going to the gym and you got the troll. Today is the first, or is the, all the teams have got their first grade sides in the NRL and they're doing troll matches today. So we've got, oh, the, true. we've got the doggies. I'm not sure who you guys have. Oh, most likely Storm. We usually play Storm or Gold Coast. One of the two. Actually, I think, I, New- I, think, I think Newcastle had the storm. I think you might have the Gold Coast. Yeah, um, we usually play GC. So okay. we'll have a look and see see if it's if it's being televised. Yeah, I look, no. like, I'm just going to like, I'll send man, you my thanks K- for the opportunity. No, thank you. I'll, for the opp- I'll send you my KO details off here so you can watch it if you want. Oh, too easy, bro. Too easy. But yeah, look, thanks for the opportunity to jump on. Like this, this is very much very, this like I've been talking like I've been talking about um, that little voice that's telling me to get back into business. And, and when you asked me to jump on this, this was very much in line, like in alignment of like me getting back in. Yep. So thank you for that, for a bit of a nudge. Thanks for the opportunity to jump on and, and speak to your people. And um, for those that are going to go and check out my page, man, check it out. You know, don't be a hater, man. Like <laughs> if you don't like something, just don't, don't throw hate at it. You know, just, yeah, cons- just be good, constructive. Yeah. Constructive, uh, yeah, yeah, people you know, only. Like, I'm, I'm out, I'm out, same here with me, to do me, same yeah, with me. Be gentle. Unless, unless you're in the arena, unless you're about to do something, you know, don't be somebody who's sitting in a comfort zone throwing, throwing rocks, man. Like, you know, that's what it is. Everyone's out there trying to do their best, and some people are pushing a little bit more and digging it a little bit deeper, you know. So, don't go jamming, jamming those cats. You know, and 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 hopefully one day, you know, you're you're gonna step out the comfort zone, and you're you're gonna you're gonna do something a little bit different and and, and progress. Someone so is... that, that that's me, that's me, bro. Like, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And everybody who's listening, you know, keep watching this cat. This cat's gonna blow up. Mitchy, bitching with Mitchy, and and we'll wait for him. He's gonna blow up. I oh, will see. But I uh, thank you for your kind words, good sir. Go and enjoy time with the fam. Ah, oh, uh... too easy, bro. Thank you very much. And I'll yeah I'll put this on an email and might might even be on Spotify in the near future. But for now, um, I've got some editing to do. That was week three of Life's a Mitch, and um, appreciate your time, good sir. And I'll talk to you soon. Ah, oh, too easy, bro. Thank you very much. Peace.